Hello and welcome to Your Best Self Podcast. My name is Heather. I am a mum, I am a shift worker, I am also an online coach. And this podcast is here to help you navigate the craziness of life without forgetting about you. I want to show you how you fit in and how you can feel your best at work and at home, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. So if you resonate with any of this, then this podcast is for you. It's going to be jam-packed with practical tips and advice that you can action today for results. If you enjoy this, please like, subscribe, rate and send it on to a friend or even better, into a WhatsApp group chat. This is going to help me help as many women as possible feel their absolute best selves. So I hope you enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to another jam-packed episode of Your Best Self Podcast. I am here for Client Cooney um, and we have lots and lots to get through. So I am not going to chat about me, I'm not going to chat about what's going on with me. I am just going to get straight in and then maybe I'll do a little update on all things that are happening in my life um, on another episode if anybody gives a shit. If you do, let me know. I'll pop a little poll down below if you would like a little update on me and my life, um, what's been happening, what I've got planned, etc, etc. Um, you can, don't know, if anybody does post, let's find out. Um, say yes or no down below. Oh my god, did I just, I just round again. Wow. Um, okay, so let's go straight into the wins. So I am going to not say everybody's wins this week, which kills me a little bit inside. Um, but I really want to, we've got lots and lots of struggles and I feel like these are probably a little bit more beneficial for for people to hear. Um, so if I didn't, if I don't say a win, that is, does not mean that it's not been an incredible win. Everybody has got individual feedback this week if you have checked in. Um, but I'm just going to rattle through a couple. Okay, so... One number one, I've been to the gym twice since Monday and I did three gym classes. I've been motivated since Monday to get back on track after an off weekend. Okay guys, so there's no off weekends. We sometimes have a little bit, um, maybe we have heavier weekends, maybe we have weekends that don't go quite to plan, but they're not off. We have to get away from that on it, off it mentality, that all or nothing mentality. Um, but this person has like woke up and basically it's been like, right, I'm going to make sure that I hit my non-negotiables this week, I'm going to make sure that I'm feeling good, I'm doing all the things that help me feel good, help me feel positive, help me feel motivated, what she has done. Um, next one, I wore a skirt that I haven't worn in ages, I'm feeling better in clothes, I navigated a work lunch, it sounds silly but my stomach feels tighter when I hit the floor in burpees, gymnastics is definitely easier and I'm holding strength as well. Wow, 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 wow. What amazing wins. Um, next one, I completed all my workouts this week. Also, breaking my evening snacking habit. I feel, even though it was time of the month, I'm feeling strong as fuck. Whoa, love it. Love, love, love that you guys are all feeling strong as fuck. Um, and again, like breaking, your, like breaking a snacking habit, an evening snacking habit in particular, like... Um, Sometimes evenings, evenings can be like a little bit of a danger time. They are a danger time for me as well. Like it's you get the kids down, you're knackered, you just want to sit on the couch and like eat your way and whatever. Especially having a lot of Halloween sweeties in the house just now. I know that was covered last week. Um, but sometimes like it is a habit. Um, and the only way to break that habit is um, to put things in place to stop it or substitute it with something else. So I think the person that the, like the this person seems to have found 
a way that's worked for her. Sometimes I actually, for, if it's in the evenings, I can have it, you know it's not hunger, um, you've hit all of your non-negotiables, like you've hit your protein, etc. for that day. I would just sometimes just go cold turkey, like give yourself like a three-day target and be like, like I'm not going to have any snacks after my dinner for like the next three days. I'm going to have a cut-off that I don't eat anything after dinner. And then just see how you feel. And then it's, sometimes it's like, well, actually, do you know, that has been habit. Like, because sometimes it's like we, it's like we have like an instinctual thing to, the minute you sit down on the couch, it means you have to go and get a packet of crisps or like something sweet. Or you have a cup of tea when you sit down and when you have a cup of tea, you always have a biscuit. It is habit. Um, and I think just being aware of that and being able to break that um, is really beneficial. Okay. Um, next one, I've had a rubbish week, so I can't think of many. Okay, so this is why I've popped this one in here, okay? So, she couldn't think of anything, any, wait to hear this, guys, okay? Um, I fit, I did fit, I did fit comfortably into a smaller size trouser and tucked in a tighter, um, fit t-shirt. I felt comfortable, um, I've seen a no, a new low scale weight and her small goal to be back at a pre-pregnancy weight by the end of the month is on track. So, how how have you had a rubbish week and can't think of where it wins? We need to get better at celebrating our successes, celebrating these wins. We need to get better at not berating ourselves and putting ourselves down and being like, oh, I've had a fucking shite week this week. I can't think of, think of anything that's went well. And then you rattle off all that. Like We need to get better at patting ourselves in the back and being like, you're a fucking superwoman here. Like, embrace that, celebrate that. Don't be like, oh, nothing's well has went has went like nothing has went well this week like no it has it has immunity that's why we have the Wednesday wins but if you cannot think of anything in a Wednesday win like I need you to do this daily a daily win because the the more you start to focus on your daily wins and your daily gratitude the easier it's going to get to see these things because it's so important to do this because it's these small wins that are going to build and that's going to lead to incredible progress so we need to get better at recognizing these and celebrating them throughout the weeks and the days every single day okay um Next one, I tried to give all my effort to my workouts this week and definitely felt the difference. Um, I only got two workouts in, but I feel like they're a quality session, so I'm happy with that. There's been a lot of people mentioning this, and I think it's been the, like the slight change in the programme, which I'm going to keep. Um, but it is about pushing yourself, okay? And sometimes, especially when you're working out from home, like I know exactly how this can be, you do not push yourself to the, the, the to where you need to be or where you think you can get to, okay? Sometimes it's a confidence thing. Um, sometimes it's it's just you are kind of coasting a little bit when you don't really mean to so I think having that test week pushing yourself to get max numbers you're like oh my god I can't believe I got x I've just been playing at if it's been 8 to 8 to 12 I've kind of been just sticking at 10 so now you can push those numbers and even with that 8 to 12 rep range like if you're easily hitting 12 reps and you are you don't have like a range of weights maybe increase that maybe you go 12 to 15 okay um we always have to be pushing ourselves especially when we are working out from home okay and if you are only getting two workouts in if you can make sure that these are two quality workouts i would much rather you get two quality hard workouts in than three okay workouts like probably could have pushed a little bit harder 
like if you can get two workouts in where you're like oh my god that was tough I was really struggling those last couple of reps were like were tough that's where I want you to be that's how you're going to make the the best and the most progress and if you are working out from home and you know that this is what it's going to be like for the foreseeable future maybe it's time to invest in some heavier weights all right so things like adjustable dumbbells are really really um handy for like upper body um or maybe it's just it's investing in a heavier kettlebell or dumbbell for your lower body work as well okay but we have to if if this is where it's at for the next like next x amount of um months or whatever because of childcare, because of, because of work because of circumstances like we need to think about investing in heavier weight so that we can continue to push okay um next one so i've been i've made a conscious effort to go to bed at 10 which definitely makes getting up for early morning workouts not too bad i've increased my weight slightly um, i'm going to increase to five kilo a week or five kilo in a week or so um added ice and a wee bit of soda to wind so i drink less and i did a click and click shop not to be distracted and stay in stay with planned meals love all of this and again like increasing your weights um, you're going to notice a massive difference doing this. You might have DOMS, it might be sore, it might be uncomfortable, it might be hard to start with, but you have to stick with it and keep pushing through because that's the only way you're going to make progress. And I love, like, I did a click and click last week, although I was slightly pissed off at the state of the lettuce that they gave me, which really annoys me. It was why I don't always do click and click because I get it and I'm like, I would never have picked that fruit and veg. Like, who who's doing these online shops? It really annoys me. Um... But it did make such a difference because I had a super busy week last week and just doing that click and collect meant that there wasn't like the rigmarole of going to the supermarket, trying to plan that in, taking the kids, unpacking when you get home. Like, yeah, well, you still have to unpack when you get home, obviously, like imagine. Um, but it does make a, a big difference. So if you do have a busy week, like I would recommend. So I did this the online shop on Sunday and I could have got a delivery for Monday. Like that is really, really quick. Um, next one, I got to CrossFit class, I got to three CrossFit classes and I'm loving it, um, took all the leftover candy, um, to work to get out of the house, uh, not a win for me personally, but inspired the other half to eat high protein meals and cut out snacks, it just makes it a little bit easier when we're both on the same page and I completely agree and what I often find is like when I start to make some changes to like my nutrition or Craig starts to make some changes to his, it, it rubs off, um, so if your like partner is on board and wants to make some changes, like it does does make your life a lot easier. Like because you know how tough it can be sometimes. Like especially if you've got like kids and stuff like that, you've got a lot of like sweeties and like less nutritious snacks in the house. Like you know sometimes that is that does make it tough. We do have to be a little bit more intentional with our environment. Um, but like you know that they they are always here. Like it's the same with like if your partner is snacking loads at night, um, not eating the same meals as you. Um, and they're less nutritious like it is going to make it tougher for you so if you can get them on board like you're doing like not only you're improving your health but you're improving their health at the same time um, and you're both going to be reaping the benefits and feeling like feeling like excess energy um, like feeling more focused feeling more productive like your guys are all you're, you're both going to share the wins so yeah I would if you, if your like husband if your partner whoever is on board like I would try and um, like get them to make just like little small changes because it is going to make life so much easier for you. Next, <clears throat> oh my god, what happened to my voice there? Next one, I stayed away from snacks on nights and after nights when when really craving carbs, I recognised I was just really tired and went for a nap. 
like, so this person was, it was a struggle last week about, um, like, snapping on night shift, or, yeah, yeah, and it was the last half hour, so I was like, you just need to stay away from the snacks that last half hour, because the last half hour of a night shift, or any shift, it's, you're not, it's not food that you want, it's sleep, that's what your body needs, it's what it's shouting out for, but it's shouting out for, like, it's tired, it's wanting energy, and the way that your body gets energy is through food, okay, so those cravings, and, um, like, that need for, the snacks is going to intensify so if you can just remove yourself from the area where the snacks are if that's if that's possible um, or just remind yourself that you do not need these snacks you need sleep and just pushing through to get till you get home and going for like going for a sleep um is really going to help because what can happen as well is if you, if you do have like these really like high sugar high fat snacks right before you go to you go home after your shift it can impact your sleep Okay, because you can have a little buzz off them. It means that the sleep quality you get and the sleep um, quantity is not going to be as great. It's also might um, cause some stomach um, discomfort as well, which can impact sleep. Um, so I think it's like getting in tune with your body and just recognise this, trying to rationalise it and know that after, like when you're a night shift, the rational side of your brain does not exist sometimes. But if we can just take a step back and be like, right, what does my body really need right now? It really needs sleep. It doesn't need like chocolate or popcorn or crisps or whatever is that is in front of you it's sleep that you need sleep is the most beneficial thing um, and it's recognizing this and being able to push through that craving knowing that like your future self is going to thank you for that okay so struggles this week first struggle has been there's been a couple of struggles about the scales so either not seeing oh my gosh not seeing scales go down or people constantly weighing themselves after like a heavy weekend um or people like actually having starting to have a little bit of a fear of the scales okay so I'm going to address a couple of these like the first one is um weighing yourself constantly after a heavy weekend okay so what I want to say as well is like so the minute that you start eating and drinking throughout the day that weight in the scales means nothing okay because it is your overall body weight so uh, it's going to take into account anything that you've eaten, anything that you've drank, and that is going to show up in the scales. All right, so weigh yourself once in the morning, okay, before eating and drinking, after going to the toilet, be consistent about where you're weighing yourself, make sure it's like if you're using like a tiled floor, a hard surface, it's on the same part of that surface, because you can move your scales from like place to place in the bathroom, it's going to impact that, the scales are that fickle, um, so make sure you're, you are quite consistent, so you're wearing the same clothing or no clothing, um, you are in the same part of the scales, you are, you've went to the toilet, you've not eaten and drank, like try to be consistent, the more consistent you are with these things that you can control, like the more accurate that reading is going to be, all right, but the minute you eat or drink, so weighing yourself like numerous times throughout the day, it, nothing good is going to come of that. That that number means nothing, and, it, and it, it's really there's there's no I, I I can't think of a reason why you would use that number, um, as a like an accurate representation. All right, and the thing about like so if you've got if you've had like quite a heavy weekends, you've you've drank more alcohol, you've not got as good sleep, there's been more like indulgent meals in there, like that your body weight is going to be up. It is a hundred percent water retention. Um, and this person in her struggle had said that she'd gained 5.5 pounds, okay? The only way you've gained 5.5 pounds of body fat is if you've ate 19,000 
calories over your maintenance all right so that's on top of what your body needs to maintain your weight so you're probably looking at maybe the guts of like 28,000 calories ish like that is literally just a total guesstimate of your maintenance calories there but you can rationalise that number by saying, did I eat 28,000 calories more this weekend? No, I didn't. So I know that that number is not fat. I know that that number is water and it will go down, okay? Now, it's probably going to take, like, it's going to differ from person to person, but I would say realistically, so like, if I've had a week away or I've had a heavier weekend, I probably won't step on the scales for about four or five days, all right? So... Just bear in mind that that number will come down as long as you're consistent with your own negotiables. It's not body fat, um, but if you're having like if your weekends are consistently heavy or heavier, there's always alcohol in there. There's always indulgent meals in there. Your sleep isn't that great at the weekend because of the alcohol. Know that the scales are always going to fluctuate up, okay? And if this is happening every single weekend, you're maybe not going to see that progress in the scales, which can be demotivating. Now, this is not me saying to you guys that you can't have these weekends, but just know that they are going to have an impact on the scales. They're going to make fat loss slower. Um, and maybe it is about making more mindful choices on these weekends, all right? So maybe it is like if you do have heavy weekends coming up, they were coming up into like the really busy social season, um, that you don't drink at every single one, you don't have pudding at every single meal that you can't, like you're going out for, you're making healthier choices. If you're out every weekend, like I would say you you can't eat what you want. You have to start thinking about making healthier choices. Like you are going to have to start maybe go all like going for the leaner um leaner cuts of meat. So like chicken, steak, not having the creamy sauce, not having the sides, not having starters. Like you have to be more mindful with your choices. Um if you're out every weekend, if you're out once every couple of months, you do not have to be as strict. But if you're out every single weekend and you're seeing the scales going up and it's devoting it's demotivating you, it's making you feel like you're not making progress, that's then impacting you showing up to do your daily non-negotiables. Like that's where I think we need to kind of have a look at your weekends and making some mindful choices, some mindful compromises um, to them. Um and the next thing I want to speak about is like somebody who said that they've got a total fear of stepping on the scales. Okay, so she's only been weighing herself once a week, um, and she knows that there are going to be fluctuations, but it's getting in her head. Like she's still she's seeing progress in the mirror. We're seeing progress in her pictures. She doesn't have all that much. Um, like she's pretty lean. She doesn't have all that much like body fat slash weight to lose. But what I would say is, if you have a fear of the scales. Like, I do think that it's quite important for you to step on the scales a little bit more, okay? And I know that that sounds counterintuitive. Every time I say that to somebody, they're like, well, you want me to step on the scales more? But you need to be able to rationalise these fluctuations. Because if you can do that, it just means that when you're stepping on the scales, you're like, oh, they've not moved. But you know what? Like, I had a really, really rubbish night's sleep last night. Um, or I did a really hard workout yesterday. Or my periods do. Or I had a quite hard a carb heavy dinner last night it was later than I would normally eat and I've not been for a poo yet for instance like you can you're able to rationalize that number so you can look at it and be a bit like meh okay right well that's not what I expected but like you know what can I do now what's in my control it's about showing up and hitting my non-negotiables 
and being able to desensitize yourself with the scale like this is not going to happen overnight like you're going to have to, you're, you're you are going to probably freak out a, a, like a couple of times like a, a like every, maybe not every time you step on the scales but it will start to get easier you will start to to look at that number and be like yeah okay well, well what can I do now and then once we get to that point once we get to the point where you don't give a shit what that number on the scale says then we can think about looking at other markers of progress in a lot more detail all right so for this person her markers of progress aren't really the scales but I do want her to desensitize herself with the scales because it's going to having that mindset around about the scales is going to ensure that they never get in her head and that there's always going to she's always going to look at different markers of progress um but for her markers of progress are going to be like the numbers she's um hitting in her home workouts um, the weights that she's moving, how those workouts are feeling, like her running progress, how her clothes are feeling, her pictures, her measurements, etc. Like that, that stuff becomes so much more important um, than that number in the scales. But I think if you've if you've got a particular fear of the scales, I think we need to lean into that fear. And to do that, I think it does mean um, weighing yourself a little bit more for x period of time until you can get to that place where you're like i don't actually give a shit what the number in the scales is now um i'm using it as data uh, and the as long as i'm showing up i'm doing what i need to do like i know i'm going to be making progress but to gain that confidence you have to desensitize yourself from the scales um so next struggle okay so this one is um quite deep and quite emotional all right um and I really feel for this person um she's going through a lot just now so her struggle has been that she's been preoccupied with family things um she's been feeling quite upset quite anxious and she's also had a period as well um so she's felt as if it's maybe had a little bit of an impact on her focus she's not tracked consistently she has been um but she's not turned to food she's not eaten like more rubbish she's not had massive portions um and she's had a little struggle with state, so I'm going to speak about that later, okay? So what she kind of asked me to cover in the podcast is looking after yourself during times of sadness, during times of anticipatory grief, um, during times of uncertainty. Um, she says that sometimes she feels like she doesn't have a lot of energy left. Um, so a little bit of context here, her mum's going through some health issues at the minute. Um, so there's like obviously like a lot going on in the background for her with family um and I know that not everybody might have like the same struggle as like what you're going through but we are all going to experience times where there is going to be a little bit of uncertainty whether it's our health or whether it's somebody in our family's health or friend's health or somebody's going through this um and it's tough. It is so, so, so tough. Okay, so first thing I think we need to do is acknowledge that it is tough. All right, and make space for this feeling like a difficult time. Okay, don't beat yourself up for feeling like it is difficult feeling like you're maybe being selfish for feeling for thinking about how difficult it is for you because we need to make space to feel all the emotions that you're feeling ways for us to do this are like journaling um take like talking to a partner talking to a friend even talking to like your mum or the person that this is impacting like 
maybe that, that that's not something that you want to do but maybe it could help just to chat through like chat through how she's feeling chatting through how like you're feeling like not making it all about you but just it, sometimes just actually finding out how they're feeling because that can make you feel a little bit better about the situation as well um you know like even thinking about counseling like therapy like support groups as well like I am not a um, psychologist I'm giving you advice through like things that that have helped people previously leaning on my own experience with like things like this um but sometimes actually just chatting through with somebody who is qualified and can be a rational sounding board somebody who's not in the middle of the um the difficult intense emotional um like experience that you're having might help somebody who's also going through something very similar like in support groups um might also help as well like everybody's going to be different about what's going to help them but I think it's making that space to feel all these emotions all right because we cannot especially in these difficult times we cannot numb these we cannot um like push them to the side we have to feel them because we can't just only want to experience the positive like because then it becomes like that toxic positivity um and it, it doesn't feel coherent it doesn't feel like we, we, I, f- I feel like if you push everything down and say I'm fine I'm fine everything's fine when it's not like you end up doing a Ross out of friends like and just having a complete meltdown so I think making time for like or making time and space to feel how what you're feeling cry it's okay to cry it's okay to be annoyed it's okay to be angry it's okay to be frustrated about what's happening these are all rational and um, like healthy emotions to be experiencing. So make time for these, okay? And here's what I found. Oh my god, what is what is Sari? What is Sari doing? Um, another thing to think about is like maybe having some focus on like the here and now. So you were talking about like anticipatory grief, anticipatory like uncertainty so you don't know what's going to happen in the future um and that can be tough sometimes we like like we like to think like what if and like what if this happens what if that happens but if we just focus on the here and now like what can you do right now like how can you spend more time together how can you spend more quality time together focusing on doing the stuff that brings you both joy being the support that she needs you to be like in whatever um, capacity that is and sometimes I think having that chat about that like what do you need me like how how can I help how can I support you right now like what do you need from me maybe she needs you to be that um like to make her laugh maybe she just needs you to just be there beside her not speaking just know that knowing that you're there maybe she needs like you to be that sounding board maybe she needs to offload some things like but asking her like asking her how you can support her is going to like might help um, and it might mean that you guys both kind of know like how you can best support each other moving forward um however like what I would say is like for you to be all these things and to, and to 
keep yourself sane and keep yourself ticking over, you do also have to make a little bit of space and a little bit of time for you, okay? So the non-negotiables that you need to do to show up as your best, okay? So, and that when, it, like, for moving, looking forwards and, and kind of pre-planning, like, that might not mean doing what you're doing right now. It might mean that some of these have to reduce, okay? But make sure that you are at a maintenance level, okay? Make sure that you are still showing up and doing, like, what you need to do to make you feel your best okay what I would say is like if you like I know that you'll have like a super super um tight um, and good support system lean in your support system okay um ask for help when you need it feel your feelings offload don't bottle them up okay um yes you can be that strong support for your mum okay but you do not have to be that strong person all the time okay it's perfectly okay to have a little bit of a cry to have a little bit of a breakdown to offload your feelings to somebody else the check-ins like I know we've only got one more check-in left but the check-ins can be a safe space for you to do that if you like actually like offloading and and checking in every week maybe take the questions from the check-in that you like or create your own questions so you can maybe do that every 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 day or every couple of days however long you need it if you're doing it on a computer, like just open a Word document and just get everything down. Like it's a way of journaling. Um, if that's something that you like to do, but what I would say is just is have these little outlets and these supports that are going to help you feel your best. Okay, next struggle was all about protein. Okay, so I'm definitely not eating enough protein. I'm trying to keep calories low, but I know that I need to keep the protein high. So this person has got her own little Instagram account just for her food, and it's how she's staying accountable. So she's putting pictures up there every night. Um, and it's a way of me looking at your food intake when you're not tracking as well. So you don't have to do it on Instagram, but if it's something that you want to do, like just sending me pictures of your food can really help. It can get help me get um, an out... Uh, overview of like your nutrition for the day and from looking from looking at her pictures like I could like already first thing that jumped out was she wasn't getting enough protein okay um and looking at her meals and snacks and things like that I would say on average like two out of four of her meals probably had enough protein okay but that's not where we need it to be for health and for fat loss we need you to be having protein at at least three to four meals spread out across your day, all right? And that's just going to help keep you fuller for longer. Um, it's going to help you hold on to that lean muscle mass um, and it's going to help you like build muscle as well, all right? Um, so some things that are going to help you if you, just, if you do feel that you're not eating enough protein, one, plan your meals around protein, okay? It is the most important macronutrient. It's the macronutrient that I want you to focus on. So you have to get intentional with that. Plan your meals around about that. Um, and yeah, that's the kind of... When you're, when you're planning your meals for the day, protein first, so that then you'll know that every single meal you've got is going to have enough protein, all right? And then, so even if like... So this person's been loving her soup right now, but obviously like soup is... Not as, high, not as high a protein. So maybe if you are going to be having soup, maybe you make sure that you've got some like cooked meat that you can put through it or you maybe have like a bagel thin with some chicken or some ham on the side so that you are getting that protein. Um, and just making sure that the portion of protein is big enough. So a minimum, minimum 20 grams, okay? But ideally for lunches and dinner, I want you to be up at like the 30, 40 grams. Um, snack, 20, breakfast, 25 30 if you can okay and if it's not there 
increase the portion of your protein. Okay, so another really quick, like simple way. So one, you're focusing on the protein source at your meal. You're building meal around about that. And you're making sure that that protein source is adequate, all right? And if you do that, you're going to hit your target very easily, okay? Another thing that I got this person to to think about is her snacks, okay? So she is a, a fan of a Skinny Whip bar, like nothing wrong with that, but Skinny Whip bars, bars, yes, are low in calories, but they're also low in protein, okay? So you're going to have that Skinny Whip bar, and I can guarantee you 30, 40 minutes later, you're going to want another Skinny Whip bar, whereas if you've got something that's high in protein, so maybe you have that Skinny Whip bar, but you have it alongside a high-protein yogurt or a high-protein um, yogurt pouch or a protein shake, that's going to help keep you fuller for longer and you're not going to be um, looking for something else in between. Okay, so what I've got her to focus on is five out of seven days, I want her snack to be high in protein. Okay, so that's a bit balanced. Okay, so that just means that two out of seven days, like if she wants to have a skinny bit bar, if she wants to have like a little bag of Skittles or a Bueno, that's totally fine. But the majority of time, 80% of the time, her snacks are high in protein um, and serving her goal for the minute. Um, Right, so next struggle. I picked a food last night. I've decided I was unsatisfied with my lunch and didn't have enough food with me for at work. Okay, so picking at foods. So there is absolutely no reason why your food has to be bland, boring, unfulfilling, unsatisfying, tasteless. Um, when you are on a diet, all right? So the tastier and the more fulfilling you can make your meals, the more you're going to be enjoying it, the more fulfilled and satisfied you're going to be after it, the less likely you're going to be about thinking about food, about being preoccupied with food, about turning to food, about picking at other things. Um, So that's why I really want you to focus on making sure that you're actually enjoying your meals, okay? So you can make little tweaks to meals, um, like if you've got a higher calorie recipe that you like, you can make little small tweaks to that that are going to reduce the calories, but mean you enjoy it more. And if we're thinking long, like long game, even if your the calories in that in like one meal are maybe like a hundred, two hundred calories more than what you would have, like what you've maybe planned for like your evening meal, for instance, if you actually really enjoy it and you're completely satisfied, and it means that you do not pick after dinner because you're like, oh my my dinner was shite. And I'm like, I can't believe I've made that. Like, it tasted of nothing. Like, and you feel like you've wasted calories. You feel like you're quite resentful. And then you start picking. So that, like, seemingly good low calorie dinner, which was maybe like four or five hundred calories, then leads you to eat six, seven, eight hundred calories of like snacks in the evening because you didn't enjoy it. Like you would be much better to have like a seven, eight hundred calorie dinner and not eat after it. Um that that like that is my kind of view on that. We need to make sure that your meals are enjoyable and you like actually are satisfied after them because you are just gonna end up picking at food, okay? And there's no reason why. There's no reason why anybody should be should be eating bland, boring, disgusting, like soggy tasteless dinners okay um yeah there we go so next struggle um so steps so a few people have I've I've spoke about steps in our check-in okay so either busy work weeks um commuting um 
not scheduling walks in, not getting outside. So what I kind of want you to think about, okay, so one, your steps are the average, okay, so they're the average of your of your um, week, okay, so if you know that you are commuting, you've got a long commute, um, you've got busy days planned on a laptop, you're jam-packed at work, like, what I want you to think about is having a couple of days where your steps are higher. So maybe you set yourself a higher step target. Maybe you take your like your step target, multiply that by seven. Okay, that's your weekly target. And then you think about right, what is realistic for me to do in my jam-packed days. Right? Maybe it's like six, seven thousand steps. Like I can push myself to do six, seven thousand steps. Great. So that's gonna be like five out of seven days. So Five times seven is step five. Oh my god. Yeah. And then maybe your step target is like seventy thousand, so it's like ten K. So if you're at Oh my god, why why can I not think about this? <laughs> uh, um anyway, like so like just say you've got five out of seven days um at a step target, um a lower step target, and then that just means like those other two days you push to get higher steps, but it's just gonna mean that your average is where it needs to be for the week. Okay. That's what I would do if uh so for me for instance, like today and tomorrow I'm not gonna be as active because I have check-ins to do, I'm gonna be at my computer a little bit more. Um so I've just made sure that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, my step target has been up at like 14, 15,000. Um, and my my step target is 12. Okay, so I've like banked some steps for less active, um, like less active days. So that it gets to the day and I'm not sitting with ants in my pants thinking, I'm not going to get my steps today. Like I feel really overwhelmed. I'm lacking focus because I'm thinking, I need to get a walk. I need to do this, I need to do that. I'm not intentional with like my work that I'm doing. If you can plan your week for your steps like just make sure you've got higher step days um then that's going to just take a lot of the pressure off um like where you need to be so that's what i would that's my first tip okay um and then somebody who'd said about like she's she's getting like 10k steps just pottering about the house like just doing this doing that like running after the kids etc like um but she doesn't she doesn't get outside as often as she wants and what i would say is I would still try to get like a little bit of outside time. So this is just more for mental, physical, like mental and physical health benefits. But getting outside is really going to help. Um, and so I would say like just even if it's 10 minutes, you're going to get a lot of benefit from that. I was going to say for like the vitamin D, like in the summer, vitamin D, yep, very important. Like maybe not like the months just now, vitamin D might not be as important or we might not be getting as much vitamin D, but I still think we need to be getting intentional outside time <clears throat> because it's just going to help de-stress, it's going to help a changing environment, that blast of fresh air can give us a little bit of focus, energy, motivation um, and even just cha- that changing environment really, really helps. See, for me, sometimes, I know this sounds daft, right, but see, even just taking the bins out um, or just getting, like, going outside and just pottering about the back door, even just for, like, two or three minutes, it gives me that boost of energy. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just getting outside and getting that fresh air. It really does help. So I would try and do that if you can. Even just tagging on to your day. So whether that means that instead of 
like driving to the shops, you maybe walk to the shops if you've got a shop close. Maybe that means like when your dinner's cooking, depending on how you're cooking your dinner, like maybe you just go a little quick walk around the block. Like tag it into something that you're doing, make it enjoyable. Like are you listening to a podcast? You're listening to like your favourite playlist? Are you listening to an audiobook? Like make it enjoyable and try to integrate it into your day because then it becomes a habit. Like for me, there's not a day goes by now that I don't go out and walk and I miss it if I don't do it. Um, and it's it's became such an integral part of my life. It never used to be, but I absolutely love it now. And for me, nothing there's nothing that I can't solve in my life with with a walk. Is that the right? Like, basically, a walk solves everything for me. If I'm in a bad mood, I go a walk. If I'm stressed, I go a walk. If I'm upset, I go a walk. Like if I need to get something out and just like decompartmentalize. <laughs> Fuck me, man. You know what I mean. If I need to rationalise my thoughts, I'll go for a walk. Like, it it has such a powerful impact to me, and I know I'm not alone in that. So try and get outside, try and tag it into your day. Um, and with walks, like, if you're not planning planning your walks in, like, try to do that. If you're getting to the end of the week and you're thinking, oh, God, I've not really I've not really hit my steps, I'm not really getting walks in, like, plan them in your in your, your week. You're not going to always have to do this, but especially at the start, and especially if it's something you're struggling with, even if it is, it might sound ridiculous, but set an alarm on your phone, like for a particular time where you know you can get a walk, the alarm goes off, you're like, oh shit, yep, I'm go- this is where I've planned my walk, yep, I'm going to get out. Like, I'm a big fan of setting alarms and being like, and, no- and like labeling your alarm. Um, so that it just reminds you to actually go out and do it. Because when we're trying to build these habits, especially at the start, it can be difficult. We need to make it as easy as we can on ourselves for doing it. And sometimes just that little reminder is enough. Um, next struggle so Monday wasn't a great day I ate everything in sight I was tired and a little bit hungover um, I hadn't even drank that much but I still felt the effects um, I think it was augmented by tiredness I didn't have my overnight oats that day I forgot to make them and it definitely makes me more hungry okay so I think this is just a really great example of um, like what can happen if some things creep in so if you have a poor night's sleep because of alcohol, if you forget to make, to make like your overnight oats <clears throat> and you don't have that high protein breakfast, like how it can impact your day. So it's not to beat yourself up about it, but it's to learn from it. So with alcohol, like even one beer or one glass of wine, it's going to impact your sleep. All right. And then if your sleep is impacted, <clears throat> you're going to be more tired. You're not going to make probably going to not make the best choices. Your workouts are not going to be as intense or as as um. Like you're maybe not going to work as hard as you would normally, normally would. You might not even have a workout. You might be less and likely to do your steps because you're tired. Like it is going to have an impact on you the like the following day. Like that hunger is going to maybe lead to you like picking, snacking, eating everything in sight. Like it, like it can have that impact. It can. So I think we need to be aware of this. Um, and as well with not not planning or not having your overnight oats. Okay, so not having that, that that protein breakfast like the reframe here is just actually realizing that that high protein breakfast is so important in your day and the impact that it can have on like your hunger levels and like what you do the rest of the day like it can have such a big impact so it is like noting that but also having a plan b so what i suggested this person is like having like an if then strategy so if i forget to plan my overnight oats then i will have 
X or Y. So something high protein that's going to help keep her fuller for longer and um, that she actually enjoys. So that could be like a bagel with chicken sausages and an egg. It could be um, protein yogurt with granola and some fruit. It could be um, like um, protein porridge, for instance. Having that plan B means that you're going to be less likely to panic. You're going to be less likely to snack and nibble throughout the day as well. Okay, okay. Somebody else had struggled about um, her performance in the gym. So last week she was able to maintain a particular pace on the bike erg and this week she couldn't even sustain that. So she was able to maintain that pace over 10k, 10K and this week she couldn't even sustain it over, 10, over 3k. She felt absolutely gassed. Um, but what she did know, what she did say was she was on a period and she'd also came off five shifts in a row. So as frustrating as this is, like coming off five shifts and having a period, like that brutal combination is going to have an impact. Okay, so it is about rationalising this. It's about not panicking, not feeling like you're not making progress, feeling that you've lost fitness. Um, but it's about noting like, you know what, if I have just came off of five shifts, um, I am a little bit tired, I've got my period, like I know, like it's your period, again, um, the period podcast is getting recorded, um, but certain points in your cycle can have an impact on performance, alright, so we have to be aware of this, we have to take note of this, and we have to rationalise this when it happens, okay, and not be like, oh my god, I can't believe I could do that for 10k last week, and I can only do it for 3k last week, nothing's happening for me, like, this is not working, and give up, like, that's not what we want to do, we want to be able to, like, right, well, this is, like, what you have done, by the way, you have, you've been like, right, well, I'm on my period, and I've just came off with five shifts, so that is probably why this has happened, um, I'm just going to check with Heather, just in case, but, um, and it absolutely is, so you can be able to know, like, next time you go into the gym, like, when you are a little bit more well-rested, and you're not on your period, you will smash that bike erg again, it's going to feel so much easier, but it's just knowing that these fluctuations might happen, and not to freak out about them, Note this as well wherever you track your period. Note that your performance was a little bit lower this like this cycle or wherever you are in your cycle. Um so that you can maybe think like look back if it happens again next month, you'll have well this happened then. It's like so it's not to anticipate and go in and be like, I'm gonna be shite today. Like, but it's just to, to be aware that you like it might have an impact and um it might mean that you have to like adjust things a little bit so you're still getting a really good workout you're still pushing yourself to the the best of your ability it's not you're going in and being like I'm going to have a really easy session today because I'm on my period I'm not going to push because some months it might impact us differently um but it's about kind of knowing that maybe having that that expectation but still trying to push as much as we possibly can next struggle was um a couple of people have spoken about emotional eating okay so this was a, the struggle so it was stress at work I wanted to eat to numb the stress is that as my go-to um so first of all what I want to say is for anybody who has checked in and been like ah, I really struggled like I emotionally ate today I was feeling x and then I turned to food like absolutely amazing for acknowledging that for having the self-awareness to know that you had you you ate out of emotion is amazing and we need to celebrate that we need to um so like that is a win because that is a win like I know that you were maybe annoyed at the fact that you did turn to food but actually knowing that that was why and knowing and naming the emotion as well a lot of us cannot name the emotions that we are feeling so that's something that we do have to acknowledge and celebrate um 
I think a lot of times as well, like, so if you are an emotional eater and you kind of know this about you, like, it is your automatic reaction, it's your automatic go-to, it's a habit, that when you're feeling certain things, you want to turn to food, okay? And turning to food can create that momentary fix for that feeling, okay? It can numb, it can suppress, it can take us away from how we're feeling, it can distract us for, like, however long it takes us to eat whatever we're eating, but ultimately it's not going to be helping us in the long run, especially if we have a fat loss goal, a maintenance goal, and a health goal as well, Okay? Now, it's absolutely fine to turn to food every so often. I'm not saying that we are never going to turn to food as a legit coping mechanism. It just cannot be the only coping coping mechanism that we turn to, okay? Otherwise, we're going to find it really difficult to lose weight but also maintain our weight, okay? Now, there is a resource in the vault that is going to help anybody who struggles with emotional eating um, and it's um, building your... Oh my God, what's it called again? Building your self-care toolkit. Okay, so what I want you to do is I want you to have a look at that, um, and you know this is this is going to be relevant for everybody because we're all going to have points where we are going to turn to food, um, for certain emotions. Okay, and it's about if we can have a sturdy toolkit that's going to help us with our emotions, then it's going to stand as um, in good stead for the future. All right, so. Your toolkit is going to be is going to be personal to you. There is lots of examples in that that resource, but it is important to build your own toolkit because what works for you when you are stressed is not going to work for somebody else when they are stressed. Okay, because we are all different, and because life would be boring if we were all the same. Um, so we have to get one good at actually naming the emotion, naming how we're feeling. And two, having some coping mechanisms that are going to help that are not just food. Okay, so remember, food can be a legitimate coping mechanism. It might work sometimes, okay? And the reason that we know it will work is because uh, you will feel better after you're having it. And like, because sometimes if we've turned to food and somebody did note this in their check-in, like when they ate, they emotionally ate, all they felt after it was guilt. Like they didn't, it didn't help the emotion, didn't soothe the emotion, didn't make them feel any better. And building your self care, self self care toolkit, just remind yourself that there are going to be times where the things that you pick are not going to work. But that's okay. We kind of want that to happen because then you're like, oh, see, when I'm stressed, you going for a walk, it doesn't work. It actually just makes me worse. So I need to find something else when I'm stressed. So maybe I do a workout or maybe I phone my mum or I go for a bath or etc. Et you work through different things and you find what works for you. And then when you know what works for you, write it down or have like an actual physical toolkit as well, whether that's like a shoebox filled with things. So you can go to that and be like, okay, like I know that this is going to help when I'm feeling like X and Y. Um, or write it down so it'll be like, if I'm feeling stressed, then I will do X or have why or whatever it is that's personal to you okay but I really want anybody who is like who who's listening to this thinking like I really really resonate with that that is me go and have a look at this resource because it will really really help okay next this is the last struggle so I've had a I've I have really wanted carbs this week um since finishing nights um so this person had checked in so she's finished she is a shift worker um and she we are moving away from tracking so she's tracked for a considerable amount of time and we're moving away from that so it's only been a couple of weeks and initially like like most people I work with when we move away from tracking there's a little bit of pushback um 
and one of the like pros of um sorry one of the cons of tracking um is that it can mean that we do not honour our body's hunger, fullness and cravings as much at like in an intentional way. Um and what we need to get better at and as a skill is actually listening to our bodies and being like, right, I am craving carbs. Like and kind of thinking, right, what's going on here? Like um like maybe maybe I'm tired, maybe I am like I've had quite a, an active day, um, you know, whatever the reason is, like it's about kind of thinking like, why am I craving this? Um, what is going to help me in the long run? Okay, so sometimes, and I spoke about this earlier in the podcast, when, when we have meals, snacks, etc., that don't always satisfy us, that don't curb that craving, that, that we're not really fancying, we end up overeating and this person did exactly that so she had had a finished shift wanted to go home and she was really craving like this really nice bread that she had in the house but instead of like just honoring that craving she decided to have some Weetabix which didn't honor like didn't curb that craving so she then went and had the bread so if she just came home I thought I'm going to have that bread you know I've hit my protein I've hit my fruit and veg um I just want that high carb snack and she had it, she would have been completely satisfied and not went for the Weetabix. Because let's face it, if you've got a lovely piece of bread that you really enjoy, like you're not going to go and have a bowl of Weetabix after that. So I think it is about getting in tune with your body, which is going to take time, especially when you have been tracking for so long. Because when you're tracking, you can look at the numbers and be like, oh, that, that bread's not going to fit in there, so I'm just, I just can't have it. Like, you can manipulate that and then you can start to maybe like make yourself feel, like think like, I didn't really want it anyway and it doesn't fit in with like my macros for today so I'm just not going to have it. When we're moving away from that is there's going to be periods where you might be a little bit unsure, you might be thinking like is my body playing tricks on me blah blah blah. We need to push through this, we need to get better at listening to our bodies, listening to our hunger, listening to our fullness, um, listening to our cravings, honouring those cravings like but also doing it in a balanced way, like, so just making sure that we are still hitting our protein, we are still hitting our fruit and veg, like, our meals are still balanced, like, hitting all these things, but then also, like, listening to our bodies, um, like, listening to those cravings, like, being rational about those cravings, knowing that if we, like, and I guess it's, like, also knowing that you're not going to know, like, you're not going to know the exact macros etc that you're put that you're eating when you're not tracking okay if you can just have like that balanced structure that we that we've been trying to do so like thinking about your plate method like thinking about roughly a quarter of your plate filled with protein roughly a quarter of your plate um filled with carbs roughly half of your plate um with fruit and fruit veg salads some fats in there some healthy fats in there as well like if we can if 80% of the time your meals look like that, the other 20% is yours to play with and to honour your body's hunger, like honour your body's fullness, honour your body's cravings. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I was doing so well. So well. Um, To honour your body's cravings, and that's absolutely fine, okay? But I think it's perfectly normal the way you're feeling right now. Um, 
when we are moving away from tracking and it is so fresh and so new, we are going to come to these points. But it is about pushing through this because once you can, like, if you take the time at the start to find a meal structure that works for you for maintenance, find the snacks that work for you, knowing that you can include more carbs, more bread, etc. Nothing bad is going to happen. If you do all this hard work at the start, like you're set up for life, um, and you're going to learn how to maintain your weight, like, and then make the tweaks from there. Like, it's it's take the time to do this now. Like, push through through these negative, like emotions, these negative things that you're feeling about this. Push through. Get to learn your body. Like, learn hunger. Learn fullness. Learn um cravings. Learn how to honour those cravings. Learn when not to honour those cravings. Like do all this hard work now, um, because it will stand you an amazing seed for the future. Um, okay, guys, I've only got one question. So ideas how to up my fat. I've tried with peanut butter, but then <laughs> she got the pop the vomit emoji in. Um, any ideas? So this person last week I had asked her to just have a little bit more intentional effort at increasing her fat intake. Um, so fat is not going to make you fat. We need fat in our diet. Fat is an essential macronutrient. Um, we it's essential for our health. There's some fats that we cannot produce in the body. We need to get them from our diet. Um, so it's very important that we are including these in like our daily intake. Okay. Our rough rule of thumb that I get people to if they are tracking calories is to make sure that their fat intake does not go below 0.5 grams per kilogram of body weight. Alright, so if you're tracking, just keep an eye on that. Alright, if it happens one or two days, absolutely fine. I just don't want it to be happening consistently because that's going to have an impact on your health, it's going to have an impact on your immunity um, and it's something we do want to be aware of. So, how to increase your fats? And it doesn't have to just be peanut butter, alright? I don't. You don't have to have a complete overhaul of your nutrition but just think about the foods that you are eating, okay, so this person eats quite a lot of 0% Greek fat yogurt, 0% Greek, 0% Greek yogurt, so maybe you just increase that to 5%, Um, other things you could do, so you don't like peanut butter, but nuts and seeds, could you have these, could you like crush them up, or just keep them whole, could you put them over soup, salads, um, porridge, can you put them through like overnight oats if that's what you're having on top of like protein puddings, protein mousses because I know that you eat a lot of them like, can you do that? Dark chocolate so anything over 70% is going to have a higher fat content, um, just be aware though if you are going to be increasing your dark chocolate intake that it does contain caffeine so if you're sensitive to caffeine potentially not having that later at night other things you can think about is like olives so could you chop some olives up, have them through that through salads, um Olive oil, could you cook with olive oil a little bit more? Um, avocado, cheese, just adding a little bit more, a little a, a higher portion of cheese to your meals. Um, eggs, if you're having eggs quite a lot, just make sure you're having full eggs, you're not just having egg whites. Salmon or like fattier cuts of meat. Like it doesn't have to be huge, huge changes, just simple little um swaps or um tweaks here and there is going to make a big massive difference. But um we do want to be including more fat. It is very important to have that in our diet. Guys, again, it's been an absolute pleasure and I have thoroughly enjoyed recording this. 
and um, yeah if anybody's got any questions please don't hesitate get in touch let me know and I will chat to you all on the next episode thank you so much for listening to this week's episode I really appreciate your time and attention if you enjoyed this episode then I would be so 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 grateful if you shared it with just one person and that's going to help me help as many women as possible and if you're interested in how I can help you um, then please get in touch you can find me on instagram at heather.moffat.fitness or I'll leave a link to my whatsapp below